Welcome, 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 listeners. You are here once again with your host, Budget Pedal Chap, for another episode of Fret Talk. You are joined today by two of my favourite hosts, maybe yours too. Uh, we have got, first of all, we've got the, the guitar geek himself, Mr. Andrew Ferris. Say hello. Hello, hello, hello. And we have got regular man legend, legend man, from the Isle of Man, <laughs> Mr. Matt Quine. Hello. Good evening, whatever it is now. Indeed. So, we're going to start off with you, Matt. Um, I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot because the last time we recorded a podcast was about four hours ago, maybe five hours ago, something like that. <laughs> so, what you what you been up to, Matt? Um, so, in the last five hours, I, I picked up a guitar. And I picked, picked up my acoustic and played a bit more of that because um, I've got like half an hour's worth of set to the learn for a, a gig um, and then other than that um, I've agreed to to purchase um, a, a Les Paul providing that the, the current owner decides that he wants to sell it because he's buying another one holy shit Batman that is some quick work <laughs> so um, can we can we have a little bit more info on this um, this purchase or is on, this a, a secret on, on the you can have as much information on the purchase as you want because the actual guitar itself gets totally rebuilt on youtube Ooh, tell me more i think i've seen that are you sure i've uh, I'm pretty uh, sure i've seen that somewhere one of those those badger people that plays guitar and... <laughs> uh, i saw um quite a few videos about sanding um so Yep, and knife scraping. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> I still need to to uh, take some of that information myself because I want to. I want to add some faux binding to a an Ibanez RG that I've got of my own, and it seems like just the uh, just the method that I need to do. Ah, uh, yeah. You need to be careful though. Cause I think that's a poly finish, and I was working with a nitro. Oh, I've given it away. It's me. It's my guitar. <laughs> it is so the Les Paul. <laughs> It is the fabled Les Paul, isn't it? The um, yeah, Les the, Paul. the blue studio from '95, I think. Indeed, with the, the ebony fretboard. Good year that was. '95, like was Toy Story out that year or something? Oh, but Windows '95 was out that that year. That was a good year. I started primary school in '95. Oh, get on! We started again with the old thing. <laughs> I left. I left secondary school in '97. God damn! Ooh. I started secondary school in '98, so Ooh. all right. So we're 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 across the board here. Indeed, I mean that's <laughs> what this podcast is about, isn't it? It's about a, a breadth of uh, knowledge from from both young and both old, uh, experienced <laughs> and inexperienced. Mainly the old thing, though. Yeah, <laughs> get, get it out your system. But yeah, Matt is buying. Provisionally buying the Les Paul Studio that I've featured heavily sanding on YouTube on my The Guitar Geek channel um, because I've found a Les Paul standard. Um, uh, may I may I take over the what are you doing, Matt? Is that all right if I if I jump in there? Yeah, that's that's all I've done anyway. Uh, in the last five hours, <laughs> um, spluff his load quite quickly. I have. I'm. I'm on currently on 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 a project to downsize because this is something I shouldn't say. But I own too many guitars. No. No. Yes. yes there's no such yes. thing. No say such thing. Say ain't so. I, I 
I I can't um because of of the the reason I have guitars and that's genuinely for for work and their their tools. Yeah. I have been I've been um suffering from option paralysis. This is something we talked about in the last podcast actually um which ah. is yet to be released. Um, ah. but you will hear about my uh my bugbears with option paralysis. Ah, it's like I've got a fifth sense. <laughs> I barely got like two. But um, yeah, I'm 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 sat in my studio now, and people ask me how many guitars I have, and I don't know the answer. And that's even the ones that aren't hidden cases. And and sometimes I do open cases, and I find a guitar. And I'm like, oh my goodness, where did this come from? So yeah. I'm on what I'm calling projects. Sell everything that isn't nailed down, including some of the things that are nailed down, including the nails. <laughs> Um, I mean, if you can get a good gonna, price for them, then it's worth a flip. Yeah, well, it? it's it's coming up to Christmas, so yeah, everyone needs oh. a little stocking filler. So yeah, Christmas is hitting hard. It is, it is. Um, but there but is I, there's snow outside. I mean, we mentioned that on last cast as well. It's still it's Austria, still there. It, it hasn't it gone in the five hours. Me. But yeah, I, I'm selling. I'm what I'm doing. I, I'm trying to go from many budget to mid-level guitars yeah to several better guitars and then a few sort of fun ones um speaking of which um about a week or so back you did an unboxing of a of an epiphone sl so <laughs> yeah that's one of the budget ones <laughs> uh, okay. okay so we're selling that one yeah no, I'm keeping that one at the moment because it's it's hopefully YouTube gold. Oh yeah, I mean it's um, it's bright yellow, so it is. But it's it's the closest to gold you can get without being gold, I mm. suppose. But it 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 is surprisingly good. <laughs> that sounds like a question. <laughs> well, I got it um, for I got it for eighty nine pounds, and uh, with that came, <clears throat> excuse me, I got a I got it from Andertons. Yeah, and they gave me a free accessory pack, which was worth forty pounds. Which then suddenly one day was worth twenty nine pounds on the website. I'm not sure what happened there. And they included a stag cable with Reen plugs and a Fender clip on tuner, and an Anderton's gig bag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all of that for the eighty nine pounds. There was no, there was yeah. no extra cost. That's since, pretty cool. I've since sold. Yeah, I've, I've sold the tuner and the cable. And I sold that Ooh, wow. for uh, about a tenner, so I'm already down to £79. That's pretty good. And I'm going to sell the case as well, so I'm hoping to get another tenner, which takes me down to 69 dudes. That's... Uh, 69. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's very low-hanging fruit in terms of comedy, that is, but we'll take it. <laughs> we Thank will you very much. Uh, <laughs> but that's not the only thing that you've um, purchased recently, is it? Because you've, it is uh, not. you've um, shown another guitar. Are we allowed to talk about this one? Is it? Yes, we are. I'm not going to post it on my personal Facebook wall, which was a mistake, <laughs> which our saviour, Matt Quine, has uh, saved me from uh, getting a right old telling off. Indeed. Um, I'm actually sat in the room now with not one, but two Line 6 Variax guitars. Uh, a, a gaggle of Variax? Is it? That's a very, a very XI. A very I. <laughs> I was wondering what the uh, what the um, mass uh, noun for it would be. Um, yeah, I've got the um, the Line Six Standard Variax, which is 
basically the Pacifica. Yeah, yeah. I'm not a bad guitar. It's it's surprisingly block- good. It's a Pacifica with upgrades as well, isn't it? Because it's got um, a, I think it's got a tusk nut and it's got graphite string trees. Um, That's right. It seems slightly more um, robust than the standard uh, Pacifica. So yeah, in in the theme of of getting um, usable instruments rather than a collection of ones that I quite like and are quite cool and cheap. Yeah, I wanted the Variax because uh, I'm running the Helix and. It would just be so cool to just plug in and, and, and lay down some backing tracks when I'm doing recording. Yeah. Um, and if I want a Les Paul sound that's quite close, then I, I flip to the Variax. Yes. Um, yes. Maybe it stays in the final mix. Maybe it doesn't. And I, and I put a final, a, a different different guitar on there. But for the creative process, it's, mm. it's a very useful tool. Yeah, it gets you definitely um, within the ballpark, doesn't it? Definitely. Um, I don't want to go over a Variax review, but I had this Variax standard because it was on Black Friday sale. Yeah. And then I've also had a JTV69 previously, which I didn't like at all. Ooh. And okay. um, even the though it's much more expensive. The, it's the Strat-shaped one, isn't it? The 69. That's the Strat one, yeah. Did you have uh, the I, three singles or the hum single single? I had the humbucker version. Yeah. And... I tried to kid myself that it was a good guitar, but it wasn't. There's some some actual what I would call design faults. Um, okay. The nut width uh, versus the bridge width. The the top E tends to sort of fall off the off the neck, off the fretboard. Oh no. Um. And I just wasn't happy with it. But this this Les Paul no, Les Paul this very extended um, was yeah. really 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 quite impressive, especially for the money I paid for it. But then in my local classifieds up came a JTV 59, which is the single cut Les Paul style. Mm-hmm. And it was not much more expensive than the Variax standard. So it, it made sense. It was basically 50 quid more expensive than the Les Paul, the Variax standard. You got a very good deal on that then. <laughs> you got a very yeah. good deal. Because I, I was a phenomenal um, guitar. I was tr- almost convincing myself that if I found a. Um, a 69 um on on the sales sites for less than 500 i'd go for it um but they weren't people were staying firm on their prices i uh, i i've played both as as you know and mm-hmm. um i wouldn't change i don't think you're going to see much of a difference no i i um i had the opportunity to play a 69 um in a local music shop um, uh, I played it unplugged because they hadn't bothered charging the battery. Um, a kid. I mean, this was like probably a, a year after, maybe maybe more than that actually, maybe two years after it was released. Um, so it was it was understandable. It wasn't the shop's fault at all. Um, but I, I like the feel of it because um, it's a slightly uh, more substantial neck, isn't it? Yeah. It was nothing. I mean, I've said about the design fault. It was quite a nice guitar to play. It just, yeah, it didn't feel like a Strat, and it didn't feel like any of the models that it modelled. Yeah, uh, I just, I just feel you get a better guitar with the standard and the the, the fifty nine. Yeah, fifty nine is actually one of the best made guitars I've ever played. Really? Oh, the manufacturer. Just looking at the components, it just, you know, you're looking at the other things. You think, oh, they could have made that a little better, or the, you know, the the like a Squire Strat, they could have done a little better with the, the hardware. This is really yeah. good. Oh, um, 
I will be putting new tuners on it because they're not fantastic. But just the bridge quality, it's it's shockingly good. Mm. I, I look forward to, um, to hearing some stuff on that. Maybe even some uh, YouTube content on on that as well. well I'm going to put the, uh, the Les Paul sound up against several Les Pauls that I will have in my uh, collection. <laughs> Excellent. I look very much look forward to it. I'm very interested in the um, in the company itself of Line Six, but especially in the the Variaxes. Um, mm. I owned a 300 back, way, way, way back, um, and the sound was very impressive. The thing that made me sell it was the uh, the added cabling that you needed to go through back then, and they've sorted that. Uh, and the, yeah. the standards themselves, uh, like you say, um, very very well made, especially for the money. Even um, without the Variax stuff in it, I paid three four nine for what I would say is a great Strat guitar. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean the the single coils, the what they call the the mag pickups, uh-huh. they sound brilliant. They sound really good. Yeah, I've got it. It's right next to me, and and it's in the box ready to send back, and I'm. You know, I'm upset to be sending it back. That's how good it is. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a as a little disclaimer, mine did require a little a, a little bit of a setup. Um, before I well, this it. one did. Yeah. This one did. The the strings were buzzing left, right, and centre. Uh, mine uh, mine was set theoretically okay, um, but the feel there was there was too much tension in the finger um, because the the action wasn't even, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but a quick thrust rod adjustment and a and a little cheeky shim uh, <laughs> made it play perfectly. What did you shim with? <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to admit to it. To be honest, oh, come on. Um, it was a, I think it was a, a, a Fender Plectrum. Are you sure it's Fender Plectrum? Yeah, I think so. Because that's the best ones to use, as you know. Yeah, I, I cut cut a little uh, a little section out of it because putting the whole Plectrum in, it's just a little too long, um, and then just wedged it in there until it until it worked. Till it didn't pop out again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was scientific <laughs> method that was. And um, if we have a short of a pick, then you just have to take your neck off, and there, there you are. Oh, uh, it, it wouldn't <laughs> function as a pick anymore. Yeah, gig ready. <laughs> um, so, I think we should move on before we continue just um, fellating the the, the Variax software. <laughs> we've we've lost all of our subscribers for talking about Line Six in a positive I know, way yeah. now. So. And la- the last podcast, uh, I actually admitted that the. Um, the spider series weren't terrible, so oh uh, yeah, okay. That's okay. everybody gone now. Yeah, they're, they're all gone. Yeah, if they if they weren't <laughs> gone already, they've gone now. So we can say what we want. I mean, yes. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> oh dear. Uh. So our our kind of theme of this week is um, kind of home recording and um, computer based guitaring. Um. That's a wonderful uh, robot impression that you are doing there, Mr. Ferris. Thank you. Um, oh, it's if it, it, didn't, it did not translate very well to the listeners because 
unfortunately the microphone did not pick up the 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 wonderful it, it, there we go that's better there, there you go. go good right, so, <laughs> um how are we gonna start this one off uh no idea. we're gonna we're gonna start off i think we start off with uh mobile recording because we did that last time didn't we andrew we did um just a game for our listeners this is another podcast that has been recorded before however <laughs> technology has let us down i think we've worked out the gremlins though so so, so we're doing crossed. a podcast about computer recording in which the podcast recorded by our computers failed twice yes yes yeah it's more than that, twice that, that's the end of the podcast Good night. I know. Yeah, it seems like a weekly occurrence, this uh, podcast failure. I am using a new interface and I'm not um, not stressing the uh, the computer so much. So it's hopefully going to record properly. Anyway, by the by. So mobile recording. Um, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because recently in a Black Friday sale, seems so long ago now, doesn't it? Um, it was relevant when we first recorded it. Uh, there was a, a sale coming up on uh, the iTrack I, I Pocket, is it? The iTrack Pocket by Focusrite, um, which is essentially a, a mobile phone dock, um, a passive dock, um, which plugs into the lightning connector of an iPhone um, and has got two uh, stereo microphones and a guitar input um both myself and gra gray 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 gra gray gra gray gra <laughs> uh who is in our in our group and he's he's gonna come on one of these podcasts very soon um he he bought one and encouraged uh encouraged others to do so so i uh i ended up <laughs> having a look on the website and slipped and accidentally purchased one myself. <laughs> uh, shame. Shame. For shame. <laughs> oh, it just reminds me of that Game of Thrones gif. Um, <laughs> yeah. With you walking down the road with a USB interface. Yeah. yeah. And people flinging naked poop at me. Yeah. Yep. That's the one. Um, however, the, the interface thing is brilliant. Um, I had a quick, um, quick go uh, of it when I was in a recording, uh, recording a rehearsal studio, not a recording studio. That would have been uh, extremely opulent for just testing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I was I was in a rehearsal studio and I managed to whip out this um, this eye track um, and recorded some very quick audio and the quality seemed absolutely brilliant. Um, those of you who follow my Instagram stuff and my Facebook stuff will know that uh, I use uh, a mobile a lot of the time uh, with, with certain other things uh, to record a lot of my demos. Uh, and the reason for doing so uh, on the mobile and not doing it in a in a more professional way is because I'm lazy. No, um, it's because um, <laughs> it's very very convenient. It's it's quick and it allows from the moment inspiration strikes to the moment you're recording to be very short, 
Well, hey. <laughs> it's quite like that was running. Um, uh, uh, that was a brilliant joke that I just told there, weren't it? It really was. Um, <laughs> Keep your shirt on next time. <laughs> dear, dear God. Dear God. We're, we're not going to get through any of these topics. Um, no, sorry. So, none of them. Um, the, the kind of allure of mobile recording for me is that it's it's on the go. It's very convenient. It's it's always in the pocket and it's available. Um, the eye track pocket seems like a great um, great thing for that. But I've also used um, the iRig Pre, which is like a single um, XLR input for. Uh, it goes like it inserts into the jack jack socket, uh, and I've used that with the uh, SM57 that I'm holding in my hand right now um, to record pretty good quality um, close mic um, examples of guitar pedals and, and whatever I've been doing. Um, so, I mean that's that's what I've got to say on mobile recording. Uh, have either of you? Um, delved into mobile recording or do either of you use mobile recording or um i've i've done some very basic stuff so about three years ago i got myself the line six sonic port oh yeah yeah cool with the intention of using that in exactly the same sort of way just being able to plug your guitar in um doing a bit of recording on garage band um which i did for a while and then for whatever reason just stopped so i, I actually recorded a an intro and outro for a, a local podcast oh that's pretty cool and um, that was going at the time and um, but other than that i didn't really do much with it and um, i then proceeded to lose it as i do with a lot of things um so I mean, this year i the um the, the sonic port's much easier to lose than uh say for example uh the the amplify footboard which i've managed to, <laughs> to lose maybe it's something with line six products they disappear after a certain while yeah they have a uh expiry date <laughs> yeah they get up and walk if you don't um use them very often yeah um how about yourself andrew because you you do a lot of rather professional um professional recording stuff don't you yours is all very polished and well, I, have a, I have a room dedicated to it and i i get paid for it so mm. but yeah um regarding mobile recording uh i've used one of the the iRigs the original okay, iRig yeah. uh into an iPhone 4 at the time with Amplitude and i was just too lazy to keep plugging the cable in and out <laughs> and charge my phone <laughs> It was the whole charging the phone, and, and it was always at the end of the day when I had time to sit down yeah. with this, and, and, oh, my phone's on 15%. Well, I won't be doing that tonight. Yeah. Oh, was it, was the original so, one not, did that not plug into the headphone socket? It did, yeah, but my phone was still... But you had to have that, and then, and then learn along with the cable, yeah, and I'll get you. I'll get yeah, so, so, but nothing wrong with the product, just my, my sheer laziness. No, to be honest, I've found exactly um, the same, because I've, I've managed to pick up uh, one of the... Um, the old eye eye rig, it's just like a quarter inch to a um three point five mil jack connector, isn't it? 
Yeah, I've, I've got it right here. It's still sitting in the drawer gathering dust. Um, but I think that for me, the, the, there's some really quality options out there, um, including the ones you've mentioned so far. Yeah. The only problem for me with mobile recording is is that ever-decreasing battery life. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. And then when you plug... I, I do some of my videos with, with my phone, and um, the problem I have with recording is that as soon as I plug it in to charge at the same time that I'm recording, mm -hmm. you get the hum, you get the, the, the noise interference from the charging cable. Oh. I've... This high-pitched... Either a low hum or a high-pitched wee. Yeah. Uh, I can't yeah. say that I've noticed um, that myself, and I, I've done some recording with um, when it's been plugged in, but maybe I, I don't do it as often as I don't, I don't know. Um, it's easy to remove, but it's just it's knowing that it's there is is annoying. Yeah, yeah. But that's just being rather negative. I think it's an amazing um, opportunity what people have uh, available to them these yeah, days. Yeah, it's, it's it's phenomenal. It's amazing to think because when I first started kind of home recording. It required quite a bulky setup. It was laptop interface, many, many cables, uh, microphones and, and, and whatnot. Um, and now it's it can be as simple as a little cable and your own mobile phone, which you carry it around with you anyway. And you could... Yeah, it's... it's yeah. The first recordings I did um, outside of a studio were in the 90s when I was... A teenager. <laughs> when you guys were yet to be born, probably. Oh, I was around and in the 90s, just about. It was... <laughs> we, were, we were running Windows 95, and if you so much as look at the computer or breathed near it, you might as well have not bothered pressing record, mm. uh, much like Adam's current recording setup. Yeah. But... We we could record like one track at a time. We had to. Our drummer was also a little bit of a um, a nutter. Is probably the right term. <laughs> and instead of recording his drums, he sampled his drums and then played them using the keyboard, uh. <laughs> which we argued heavily against. I, to this day, I still don't know. And he's since married my cousin, so one day I'll get to ask him. Wonderful. But, I mean, it, yeah, I'm from I'm from one of those places. <laughs> <laughs> By cousin, I mean sister. Sister and cousin, they're, they're interchangeable words. Sister, sister mum, sister mum, cousin, sister mum is what we call her. Sister mum, cousin bride. <laughs> um, but but now I've I've progressed to building my own hackintosh and running Windows when I need it and. Um, the Mac software most of the time, 95% of the time. Yeah. And I'm still really lazy. So I just love to, again, as you've said, when when the idea hits you, you need to be near it and you need to, be able to press a few buttons and it to be reliable. That's where I got that really big laugh earlier, weren't it? That was an extremely large laugh. Yeah, it was really fun. Actually, it was more of a, girl, a girlish giggle on my part. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> It was not the laugh of a man. <laughs> but that's why I've, uh, I'm now running um, a Line 6 Helix as an interface. There you are. And Tell me more. And Yes, I am. Tell you more. What should I tell you? Um, well, how, how does it feel in, as a guitarist? Um, it feels like you're playing through an amp that's being recorded in the next room. Oh, 
Oh, interesting. Yeah. Which, as a... I have played in studios and I've I've played in studios where that is the deal. You sit yeah. maybe in the control room or, or in a, a different room and, and the amp is, is somewhere set up when when it's already set up and mic'd up so you don't have to worry about um, becoming deaf because there's 100 watts blasting out somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And you don't get that. Like, like people complain about modern recording VSTs and modern recording uh, options for guitar. That it doesn't sound real. And a lot of that is the fact that it doesn't feel real because you're not in the room with the amp. But if you were to play through a through an amp yeah. and then listen to, back to the recording, it would sound a lot like what you're hearing back from an, amp, from an amplitude VST or from the Helix. Yes, um, yeah. Um, do, you know, do, you know, do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah, I think um, I'm going to save what I have to say about it a little for a little bit later when we go into the... Um, the VST option. Mm. Um, but from the, from the from to go back to your question, it the feel of the Helix. Yeah. Um, the response of say you just drop the volume or the tone on the guitar a little bit. Yeah. It reacts to me just like an amp would. And Brilliant. first generation pods and things, it was just slightly softer. Uh, yeah, you, nasty you got distortion. one. Well, you, yeah, you got one sound, didn't you? Like your your patch. If yeah. you if you hadn't got it dialed in perfectly on the patch, the guitar controls wouldn't affect it at all, nah. pretty much. But as you know, if you if you're running a guitar through, a, let's say a tube amp, um, then if you back off the volume, you can clean up your signal somewhat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's there's a whole range of kind of dynamics. Yeah. So it's all everything working working together. Yeah. And I believe that the Helix and other stuff like the Kemper and, and the Axe effects, yeah. they are really on the right track and they're so close that the average listener definitely won't know. Cool. Yeah, I mean... But as a player, as a as a feel, sorry, um, to record that, it's very important for me to, to be able to feel what I'm playing. And if it feels artificial, then it's no good. And I have owned uh, the HT500X and the Pod XT Live. Mm-hmm. And they were useful tools at the time, but never something that I would leave as a final track on the final recording because I, I always feel it was um, substandard. Yeah, it wasn't. But it with didn't the Helix, match nah, you just I, I knew, and even if other people didn't yeah. know, I could feel it, I could hear it. Yeah. And with the Helix, I'm I'm extremely happy to leave that as in the final mix. It's it's phenomenal. I mean, I, I have that same problem um, with programming drum software. Believe it or not. Um, it sounds kind of 80% of the way there mm. but if I can hear the fact that snare hit 1 and snare hit 4 are exactly the same sound sample dynamic. and dynamic yeah. range it bugs me something awful well I, I, regarding that on depending on the budget of the piece that I'm working on um, if it's a low budget thing, I'll run Easy Drummer or Addictive Drummer. Yeah. And if it's slightly higher budget, I've got a guy who does the drums for me in his studio. Oh, cool! So I've got mixes of because I make the drum tracks myself, yeah. and I send it to him and say, "Play something like this." It doesn't have to be exact, but you know, play it as a, as a musician. Mm-hmm. And he'll send it me back. So I've, I've got examples of the mix where it's with the electronic drums and with the real drummer. Yeah. And the real drummer does sound better. Yeah. Which is not, which is to be expected, but 
again, the average listener will not know. No, not at all. And uh, I mean, and even if the average listener did know, the average listener doesn't care. I think. Yeah. It, it yeah, that, that's it. kind of. I mean, because that's what it comes down if to. If you yeah. listen to like drums throughout the eighties, they sounded so terribly processed and artificial because a lot of them were going through um, these new electronic drum kits that just had very little dynamic range. Um, but that defined the style that but uh, yes. that became part of it. It was a, an advantage rather than a disadvantage. Well, yeah, and, and people kind of, they they ran with that, didn't they? And they, they got used to the fact that that's how drums would sound throughout, throughout the 80s. Beep, 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 beep. But I mean, even the ones that tried to emulate real drums, because I, I know a lot of ZZ Top from that era um, used artificial drums. Um, I didn't know that. Oh, you, you'll it sticks out like a sore thumb when you when you listen to it. Um, I'm gonna do that exactly after this podcast. Yeah, anything from Afterburner. We just I think uh, Eliminator as well has some. Um, but don't quote me on it. I've, this is coming from memory <laughs> so <laughs> but yeah there's there's a lot of kind of artificial um a lot artificial sounding real drums or re- you know what i mean they're supposed to emulate yeah. real drums but they um anyway this isn't drum cast is it drum cast yeah uh, so more about this helix um can you give us a kind of uh a basic for the, a basic overview for uh, those people who who don't really know what it's about and haven't haven't heard any any information on the on the Helix. Kind of sell it to us. Yeah, um, as with any gear that I buy, including guitars, and um, there's several sort of boxes it needs to tick. And the first one is: is it easy to use? Because if it's got all the processing power in the world, but I can't just plug a guitar into it and twiddle a few knobs and get a good sound, misses. it's absolutely useless. Um, <laughs> so what I, what I found and people were telling me before I bought it I really really sort of spent ages looking at this thinking is this a good move and I went from several tube amps to just the Helix um, and that's that's how good it is I suppose as, a, as an endorsement yeah um, you plug in and the presets are actually really good yeah not the ones where they're claiming to be a certain song like message in a wine bottle or something like that or something that's <laughs> like not the, quite the, the name of the song or, or sweet sweet children of mine or, or whatever they're called uh, yeah yeah um they're pretty they're pretty terrible because they rely on other things rather than just the modeling but the um just the presets of amp examples are great and then when you delve into um your own stuff it's even better yeah um, um the other thing is is as i've said the the, the realness the feel yeah um, if you just think, ah, oh, there's, a, there's a tad too much gain on that, I just back off the guitar or something. And I actually was so shocked when I did that, and it responded. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, like like we say, we've, um, we've, uh, <laughs> each and every one of us have grown up with the, uh, the kind of early stages of modeling uh, amplifiers. Yeah. Uh, and modeling technology. Well, I used, I used the, the original pod on the, my first real studio recording. Ooh. Uh, also way back in the 90s and we didn't really care so much about realism back then it was like look how many things this can do yeah. and 
yeah, it was overused and and probably praised too much. But as a step forward, it was it was shocking back in those days. Mm. Yeah. Um. But back but back to the helix. It's um. It's it's really good. Yeah. It's just simply really good. Um. And I, I probably should. I've I've also tried a Kemper, and that's also really good. Yeah. I. Um. Our good friend Ollie Miles has got a Kemper, and he. Uh, he comes on and sings its praises. Uh, yeah, it's all about applying your tools and and, and the best tool for the job. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is, I'll happily plug into the Helix and record and just play. Sorry, rehearse yeah. um, when my daughter's asleep and 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 not wanting to make too much noise. Yeah, so it's it's it can work as a one stop shop for um, for recording, but also for practice and rehearsal and and even live gigging well not just that you can run um say the lead guitar um the lead bass guitar and the vocals through it Ooh. so it's got a mic input as well yeah um and in theory what you could do is run your guitar into it run that through all your effects and preamp run that then through a 4x12 cab mic that and mic that back into the helix and then use that as an audio interface into your computer. That's uh, wow. pretty impressive. Yeah, I mean, you could just use the the modelled four by twelve, but if you really, really yeah, if you've to, got like a like if you'd bought a a Mesa four twelve or something that you really, really love the sound of, and you just had to have that on your record. Yeah, it's 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 crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and again, that's live application as well there yeah it's it's a tool cool yeah so uh matt have you got any uh any questions about the helix or anything you want to know at all um no not really um I basically i the only thing i really know about the helix is from what andrew said and what um, a few of the other guys in the group that have got them have said yeah um there's something that you know um if i had that kind of money i might look at but for now what i've got kind of it, serves me well and I, I have no need for one yeah um i can understand that you've got a pretty sweet setup anyway so uh <laughs> it's not something you'd be looking to trade in readily um so nope. moving on to our kind of final point of the the um home recording and kind of recording using computers um vsts themselves so the the uh, the software which you can you can plug a guitar directly into your computer and get wonderful wonderful sounds. Um, my experience with them started with um, with GarageBand um, back in uh, two thousand and seven, I think something like that. Uh, I got a, a Mac, uh, a really basic MacBook, and a little quarter inch to three. 0.5 mil adapter um and i was running the the amp sims on on garage band they they were always really kind of really noisy um to me mm. there was always whenever any gain was added to it you'd always get an added kind of background noise on top of that um they were quite responsive but it it, it was kind of harking back to those pod days where it was it would respond well if you you'd 
got a setting that you you enjoyed if you tried to tweak that setting on the fly using volume and and tone it would become very artificial sounding um so a couple of weeks ago i uh i thought i'd give vsts another chance um but being reluctant to sink any money into it i thought i'd see what was available for free just to see how the, the technology had come along um so I, I tried some free um free softwares uh available for uh for the pc because I, I now don't run a mac because i'm i'm not as rich as i used to be obviously <laughs> um but they were fine i i, I found um the thing that that struck me with these is, was the feel again was that artificial feel and no matter what i tried i couldn't shake uh the that kind of voice in the back of my head telling me that what i was playing wasn't a real thing um mm. and it, it was it was all down to my fingers telling me that um because what what i was playing it sounded okay um, but it didn't quite feel okay. I am um, granted. There are a lot of people that are growing up with this, though, isn't there? Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, and for them, and it's it's not belittling them in, in any way, but if if that's all they know, like bedroom players rehearsing with amplitude or any any free stuff in their room, yeah, they're not going to know this feel of a, a real amp. Of course, and, yeah, and they're not going to have that problem. Um, but as a player that's that's grown up through those sort of different grades of paycheck of affording different grades of gear, yeah, there is a severe lack of feel and realism from most VSTs. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, as a, as a guitar player, it turns me off straight away as soon as as soon as I can tell it's a VST. Yeah. Um. That being said, though, um, a couple of years back, probably three or four years back now, uh, I did a little recording session with a with a friend of mine. Um, he just started a little kind of project up, uh, doing power metal. Believe it or not, I'm not known for mod power metal, but um, he was doing some power metal, and he he really liked my guitar style. Um, and says, oh, I really want you to lay down some some lead work on this. Uh, and I was plugging directly into his uh, into his rather powerful computer um, through, uh, I believe it was uh, Amplitude 3, um, and it was an Ingve Malmsteen patch. Um, nice. And it sounded great, and it felt great. Um, I will put a, a little disclaimer that before I started recording, I had drunk about two or three Guinness uh, <laughs> before that. Well, that's the required amount for playing power metal. Uh, well, I, I thought I needed to loosen up a little bit before uh, before recording. <laughs> so the Guinness was the... Uh, well, with, with the for the high gain stuff, um, yeah. and I'm really sorry, some people, but the high gain stuff is not so noticeable. Yeah, there's um, a certain because it's compressed. It's yeah, it's the subtlety hefty. doesn't uh, is not quite the. Willy willy. 
doesn't yeah. really matter what you do. I mean, you could you could take what I've just done there and mix that straight in. It's going to sound exactly the same as a tube amp. <laughs> I think we might get a little bit of kickback from uh, from some of our listeners on this one. Um, yeah. But I, I know what you're saying in terms of like, it it's very heavily compressed and it's very it's it's almost a heavily processed sound with um with metal guitar mm. um which is easier to emulate than the nuances of a um a tube amp on on kind of the edge on of the breakup. edge of breakup yeah uh, because like you say with the feel of that if you pick lightly, you get a perfectly pristine, clean sound. Whereas if you dig in, you're getting that that kind of grit and that that gnarliness behind the note. It's the subtleties, isn't it? So it's the little subtle things. Yeah, and that I can't say that I've found uh, with VSTs as of yet. Uh, I don't know about yourself, Andrew. You might have. I mean, because you, you use Logic, don't you, um, a lot of the time? I'm a Logic user, which has got um, so many built-in, so much built-in stuff and so many built-in effects and guitar options. You genuinely, and for my job as well, you don't really need much more than it offers. Yeah. And if I was truly a professional, I would just be using Logic. Yeah. Because there are many people who are earning much more money than me, spending far less money than me, <laughs> just using Logic. But part of the fun is um, spending the money, isn't it? It is part of the fun, yeah. Justifying, oh, um, I do need this uh, <laughs> this extra thing. It's well, that's the, the reason I started a YouTube channel, as you know. You know. Yeah. Well, if I buy this, I can review it on YouTube. That's it, yeah. But yeah... Um, any of those doors out there at the moment, but Logic particularly has so much built-in stuff. Yeah. That it, in a final mix, and I've, I've actually listened to one of my favourite sort of independent uh, musicians is a guy called Brightener. Well, that's the project name. And I, I got in contact with him and I said, well, how did you get this guitar sound? How did you do this? And this, it's a surfy sort of music. Okay. And it's so clean and tremolo and, and reverb and really lush. And he said, it's just Logic. Oh wow! And I genuinely couldn't believe it, and and it is down at that point to the mixing stage and the mastering stage. Yeah, and the tracks were mastered individually and then mastered as a whole, and it just sounds so good. And maybe it's because it's clean with a slight slight tint of of, of effect. Yeah, there's not much overdrive going on or distortion, but it as an album, it's very very listenable, and you wouldn't know that it's mm. not going into a, a an original Fender amp with a special Fender reverb and it just sounds really good and it, it shocked me and it, it shamed me yeah I think <laughs> it it might it might be slightly uh, a placebo effect with with some of this definitely uh, anyone who believes not is lying to themselves but it's hard to distinguish isn't it because <laughs> it's hard to um, create a a scenario where you can test it as well. Well, the guitar market is so varied and, and, and no one is ever going to say, well, I'm happy now. I don't need to buy anything more. I don't, I mean, no, more no more guitars. Yeah. I mean, there's there's that I mean, phrase, isn't there? There's the, the, the one about pedal boards. Oh, my pedal board's complete. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I finally. Well, got I also recently book. acquired. I acquired a gonculator in the last seven days. Oh, the DOD gonculator. The DOD gonculator, so which a is a ring... distortion with a built-in. It's, it's a built-in ring, mod- ring module. Yeah. Um, but it... module modulator. It it doesn't actually modulate, does it? it it's just a, a notch filter on the on the distortion. No idea. Have you not? But I know that yet? when I plugged it in, I thought I plugged it in, and I thought, "What have I done? I could have bought food with this money." <laughs> <laughs> and it was on sale, and I got it. I got it um, for about fifty pounds, let's say. Yeah, they were and on sale in the US, weren't they? Of a yeah, Black I got product. it shipped over. Yeah, and and I got away with customs. Woo! Nice. But um, I, my first thought was, oh, the shame. How am I, I have to talk about this, but how am I going to say that I've wasted money on a pedal that I've lusted after since 1997, which is exactly 20 years? Um, and it's yeah. actually, after some playing with it, really cool. Yeah. And I don't know how this sort of little thread of conversation started. Um, but yeah, I've wasted money on pedals, but then managed to justify them by saying, "Okay, if I if I add just a little bit, it's all right." Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, I think we've we've uh, we've talked our our amp, amp stuff. We're at about the fifty minute mark, and there's a a little segment that I wanted to do this week. Um, which is reverb. I just point out you're holding the microphone with a little pinky sticking out. I'm, I'm very Lis- posh. Listeners can't see this, but I'm sure Matt and I are enjoying this very much. I'm very posh. It's like, it's like a posh man eating, drinking his tea, isn't it? Indeed. A posh northerner. I'm not northern. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty... The middle is... It's, it's the middle. It's the midlands. <laughs> Anything above us is the north. Anything below is the south. That's the way Wrong. It anything above, anything above where you live is the north, and anything below you is the south. So you're both southerners then. Apparently <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, posh Midlander. Oh uh, yes, I'm a I'm a man from the Midlands. That's definitely an oxymoron. Posh Midlander. Oi, less of that. Less of that. You. Um, on to this, uh, this beautiful segment that I've had prepared for two weeks. Um, Reverb, not the, not the effect, but the website, um, released a list of best-selling um, pedals on their, on their sales site. Um, so they've got top, I think they did like a top 20, but I only, I only took the top five. Uh, so I've got overall and I've got uh, their new for 2017. So we're going to do a little bit of a little bit of a guesswork one one here. So um, we start off with uh, with Andrew. Can you guess new for two thousand seventeen? Any of the top five uh, pedals for sale on Reverb? No, I can't. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for. Can I? Can I? Can I sort of work my way towards the answer? Go for it. TC Electronic. Uh, are not on there. Uh, Electro harmonics are on there abundantly. <laughs> soul, food? Soul, soul food? That's a 2017. New for 2017. You are kidding. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. So think think about things that were released this year. 
Uh, I'm going to go for the Russian Big Muff. You are correct at number four, EHX Green Russian Big Muff. Get in. Nano? <laughs> yes, you got one of them. So, Matt, <sighs> let's see if you can go for another one. Yeah. Um, how about the Electroharmonics Blurst? The Blurst does not feature in any list ever, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Not even for oh, dear. the the best portmanteau-based <laughs> pedal between the words blue and worst. <laughs> it doesn't even feature on that one. Um, oh, I know. I know. I'm going to go for the... Um, oh, what's it called? Uh, uh, the Electroharmonics. Yes. Um, Got that big right so far. Crayon? Canyon? Crayon? Canyon, yes. Good man, number one. This is the AHX. Number one! Yeah, number one is EHX Canyon. Yes, man. And the other three, I don't think you'd get even if I gave you a list. Um, so, uh, in at number two, so, sorry, I'll, I'll go through them all. So, number one was the AHX Canyon, the Canyonero. Um, number two was the Chase Bliss Brothers. So the ah. MIDI controlled analog overdrive. It's like a digital controlled analog overdrive. Uh, That's beyond me. The third one was a company called Jext. Never heard of it. It's the Teles White or something like that. That's nope. not a real pedal. No, I think uh, I think someone had a stroke. That's a rebranded re Behringer, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number four was the, the Green Russian. Yes. And number five was the Digitech Freak Out. I have that pedal. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's awesome. Cool. So you own... It's one of the most fun things. I have two of the top five. You do? Of the new 2007? I'm, right, so... I'm contemporary. So <laughs> they've, they've also released a top five of overall uh, sales ever um, on their website. So this is... Top five uh -huh. best-selling pedals. And every one of these... Is a boss. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, just a boss katana, yeah? It's not even a pedal. <laughs> no, um, you should be able to get at least one of these. So, boss DS1? Um, uh, boss, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame is on there, yes. Well done, and that's number one. Oh, yes, sorry, yeah. number two. No, number one. Number, number two. <sighs> Uh, um, the Big Muff TC Flashback the Flashback is not on the top 5 I believe it was like 6 or 7 so you would have just missed uh, out on the, I said the Big Muff am I going to go am I the, no, the, near? the Big Muff's not there there is only one EHX and it's not it's not one of their drive what is it that's 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 the point of what you're supposed to do now. <laughs> I don't think you've got the the rules of this game, Andrew. Is it the the um you know the one that one? Small stone. Mm. Small stone. That's actually the one I was looking for. No. Okay, let's go for it. Small uh, stone, big sorry. muff, holy grail. Um... Holy grail. Yes. Well done. Holy grail. <laughs> really? Yeah. Holy grail. Holy grail is number five. So out of the. At the five, you've got the t you've got two, and you've got number five. So uh, one is, and they're both reverb pedal. No, pedals. number three is a delay pedal. Number four is a um, 
I think it's a boost. Is it the carbon copy, number three? Three is the carbon copy. Well done. Yep. Number uh, four is a kind of booster or compressor, I think. That's exotic if it's a booster. I heard it in your voice. Yeah, it's the uh, it's the exotic SP, yeah. And number one... I heard, the exo- I heard it in your voice. Oh, awesome. Sorry. Um, Sorry. Number one is one of the most ubiquitous pedals. Um, it's... The Metal Zone. It's the Metal Zone. No, it's not. <laughs> uh, think of what everyone has got on their, their pedal board but may not even use it a gig. A tuner. Not a tuner. Um, you'd more likely use it at home. Oh, uh, RC three. Think of a, a better one than that. Ditto. Ditto. Oh, hey, yeah, we got there. Get in. So, the top five. So we got the the Ditto. We got the Hoff. Uh, the Hasselhoff. Yeah. Uh, the Carbon Copy. The Exotic SP and the EHX Holy Grail. Um, I didn't do the top ten because I thought top ten are just absolutely kill it. But that was that was fun. I thought yeah, I, I take competitions very seriously. I've, I've changed gear all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, you've been. I need, I need a moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, that was a that was pretty pretty cool. And the fact that you managed to get uh, a fair few of them. Do you agree with them though? So uh, what were they again? So we'll go through. Uh, so ditto number one. I think we can all agree that loopers as gen as a general thing are important. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number two is Hoff, the Hall of Fame. Uh, yeah. Never owned one, but only heard good things. So this is. I've um, got a big one and a little one, so um, I love the Hoff. <laughs> hey. Lucky, Check you out, lucky lady. <laughs> I've only got one of those. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, mine's the one knob version. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, reverb pretty important. The Hoff is uh, pretty much a staple. Uh, carbon copy. What are we thinking? Um, also, never used one, but I know it received plenty of hype and and good good things. Uh, yeah, no, I've never used one either, but um, they do get rave reviews from pretty much everyone that I know that's played one. Yeah, um, I mean the closest I've come is the Joyo analog delay, which is supposed to be a pretty. Um, reputable um copy of it but it doesn't have the the modulation setting uh and i love them so much i've got two of them already uh, i have the joe yeah and that's that's really good fun yeah it's it great pedal um i could imagine the, the carbon copy um, and they're they're still ubiquitous they're on board still after mm. being released many many moons ago uh the exotic sp is it the booster is is that the booster can never tell with the yeah. um, exotic stuff. Um, yeah. Well, that, it, so it's SP big, is definitely the boost. Is it? Definitely. Yeah. What does it stand for? Sexy penis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that's what it stands for. <laughs> I'm going to have to have a word with them. They're stepping on my toes here, aren't they? <laughs> So I think we found out what what, uh, what my next pedal is going to be. It's going to be an SP booster clone, isn't it? So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, no, no, we're, no. Hang on, what are we talking about? The EP is the booster, is it? No, that's the Echoplex. That's the preamp, isn't it? The SP yeah. is a compressor, isn't it? Who oh, is it? Okay. 
Sexy penis is compressor. It? The EP is the booster, definitely. And the, the SP is the compressor. I'll believe you. I'm I'm like 4% sure that I'm correct on that. Cool. That's, Actually, I think you are. that's probably about 3% more than I am. So. <laughs> I, I'm getting them all mixed up now. Yeah, I think that's that's my problem with the uh, the exotic. I've just I just hit Google and the exotic XP is says exotic SP compressor. That's cool then. Uh, yeah, let's let's go for that. Um, anyone tried one? Nope, nope. Don't do compressors. I'm, I don't play country. I love compressors. I love um, compressors. You're outnumbered here, Matt. Uh, and the EA, I, I get that a lot. <laughs> yeah, with your love of reverb, what you like? Um, EHX Holy Grail. Anyone tried one of them? Yes. Opinions? Gorgeous. Lovely. Um, Not subtle, but gorgeous. Oh, so kind of big, washy. Yeah, well, it's it's like cathedral sounds, isn't it? Uh, sure. Uh, Would that not be uh, the EHX was... Cathedral? Oh no, no, you're right there. No, I'm looking at the wrong pedal here. <laughs> well, the Holy Grail, it, it it is beautiful, and it is, it's just nice. It's lush. So if the the EHX no. Cathedral is uh, based on like big open spaces. Would the uh, the the Holy Grail be based on the reverb that you get out of like a, a goblet? A little wooden cup. Yeah. yeah. I imagine that'd be <laughs> yeah, you, quite you, subtle. Uh... Well, you chose wisely there. Um. So yeah, I mean. Is there anything you'd switch out on there for perhaps something forever? Is this a forever list? If you if you had a top yeah. five, what would you what would you switch out on there? I would take I would add in the big muff. Okay. And I would take out the. I would probably take out the Holy Grail actually. Yeah, I think I'm the same. We've we've already got the half. We can do we can do Holy Grail with the half. Um, yeah. I'd obviously stick the Mojo Mojo on there. <laughs> How many? Uh, Three or four? Uh, yeah. Like if I mean, I have been I've been messaging TC and asking them to do a double, um, double Mojo Mojo. Mojo Mojo Mojo. Yeah, Mojo 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 Mojo. Yeah. Well, Mojo just to the power of two. Mo it would be Mojo power of four, wouldn't it? So yeah, a Mojo Mojo. Mojo Mojo, yeah. So if they yeah, Mojo Mojo. If they do come out with a like a, a dual mojo mojo, then we know we know it was You're, it was my my doing. Are you claiming some of copyright on that? So that you get I, some I, I don't even I don't even need any any copyright any um any royalties any of that. I'll nah, just people just know it's, it's I, just the, the knowing. recognition would be would be nice. I'd like it on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, if they do that, I will edit it for you. Cool. Sorted. <laughs> With that budget pedal, chap, this pedal would not have been conceived. Exactly. Um, how about you, Matt? What would you switch out of that list and what for? Um, You'd probably put another I'm half on to... there, wouldn't you? No, you see, you can you can get away with one just, half. Just one um, half. It, just, it, it depends on, like... I only ever have one half on at any one time. It's just I've got the mini one set for like a subtle reverb, and then I've got the big one set on the modulation setting for some really nice washy kind of shiny kind of sparkly sounds, or that are all you know, make, filling that gap for sort of certain songs that we play. Gotta love filling the gap. I 
Um, I think I'd probably the same as you guys. Probably get rid of the the Holy Grail. I think I'd put a drive on there. I'd probably put TS eight oh eight just because I use the TS mini, but that's only because the TS eight oh eight wouldn't fit on the board. <laughs> um, and it is a, a TS eight oh eight in a smaller box. No, it mean, sounds slightly different. I'd agree with you on that. Actually, the, I mean it's such a ubiquitous pedal, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm finding it difficult to disagree there. No, I think we've we've all made some grand choices there, and that is where we are going to end for today. Been a lovely cast today. I mean, second lovely cast today. I'm happy <laughs> to join you for the the late night after hours Indeed. version. Indeed, this is a fret talk after dark. This one. Uh, so, if you would like to find us. Uh, on the internet you go uh, Facebook groups and you type in Fret Talk group no Fret Talk podcast that's the one Fret Talk podcast and that's, yeah. that's our group and and we usually hang around there we'll share share pictures of lovely guitars and stuff like that generally talk a bit more crap than we do on here um, it's yeah if you want to get your um, any topics read out on the on the show or any um any news articles um discussed that's the place to send it to us we will pay attention probably um and then if you want to find us individually you find me at uh facebook.com slash budget pedal chap instagram.com slash budget pedal chap or on youtube as budget pedal chap all of the links to that are in the description the, the show notes um if you want to find Matt, it's Switch IOM. So that's facebook.com slash Switch IOM. Yep. Cool. And Andrew is at uh, facebook.com slash The Guitar Geek. Is that mm-hmm. correct? And more importantly, the YouTube, which is where you do a lot of your content, is. Yeah, I'm mainly a YouTube guy. Guitar it's Geek. The Guitar Geek. The Guitar Geek. Is it? YouTube.com forward slash the guitar geek. Cool. And then you've got the Instagram, which is the guitar geek YT, isn't it? Yeah. Because someone and stole your handle. Someone did, and they're not using it, and that's even more frustrating. Indeed. It's almost as frustrating as the fact that I've just noticed that Adam is wearing a Christmas jumper. <laughs> I very much am wearing a Christmas jumper. I'm in the festive I'm mood. I'm jealous. Maybe because I might not have to go to work tomorrow. This is how <gasps> Snow <I> day. <laughs> snow day. Indeed. You know, they say snow joke. Snow business, like, um, hang on. Yeah. Uh, oh. ruin that. <laughs> so, before we devolve into snow puns, which we will very easily do. Um, yeah. I have been your host, Budget Pelt Chap. He has been Matt Quine. And the other one Hello. has been... The guitar geek Andrew Ferris. So from Thank myself you. and the the uh, the lads, it's going to be a good night. Goodbye. Guten Tag. Goodbye. Guten Abend.
Yes, I am currently recording. Me too. Welcome, 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 welcome. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realize you're actually starting. Normally you say we're going to start now. Yeah, I was just we're going to start the, now. The, yeah. uh, the intro. Sorry. I mean, you can sing the intro if you want. <laughs> Sorry, I'm starting.